Hello and welcome to the first exciting episode of Tabletop Theater. Our story begins at the turn of a century, the last few years of an Edwardian Golden Age. This world, once united by faith, now finds itself on the brink of an all-out war. Already, countries employ mercenary forces to fight their proxy battles. We now join one such group, the Nightingale Watch, led by the charismatic leader, Siegfried. Our intrepid heroes, Lola, the eccentric yet enchanting half-elf, half-spider wizard, Drifter, the stoic, self-assured, tiefling sharpshooter, and the idealistic but foolhardy human paladin, Chosh, all find themselves in the employ of this man. Now, let's get to the action. Rain falls softly over the bombed-out remains of a village. Hunks of stone architecture lay strewn across the cobblestones, the casualties of a day's worth of fighting. In the center of it all lies a church whose rose window gazes down on three figures. A half-felf, half-spider wizard with cropped black hair smoking a pipe. A tall, bulky man in full-plate armor. And a gray-bearded tiefling with a brown, wide-brimmed hat and duster. The church has miraculously remained intact, despite all the fighting, spared by the order of the commander of your mercenary company, the Nightingale Watch. The three figures splash their way amongst the puddles as they prepare to rout the interlopers who have taken the church hostage from the inside, the last holdouts of the battle. All right, what would you like to do? I think Drifter would just like to walk straight through the door. No hesitation. Wait a moment, dearie. Perhaps we should look inside before we rush in. All right. So Lola is going to creep to the windows of this church, and she is going to perceive what is going on. All right, roll a perception check. So that's uh, nine. All right. While you gaze into the windows, you're unable to make out what they're saying, but you're able to see the folks inside. Inside the church, you see several figures. There's about five people tied up. They seem to be just women, children from the village. In addition to this, you see armed men in uniform from a rival mercenary company. Their uniforms are a dark blood red and a lighter red, you know, as an embellishment. Um, And there seems to be three particularly prominent members of this, one of which is a tiefling man who seems to be wearing a much finer sort of dress. He has very large curled horns, so much so that he's actually hunched over. You can tell he's a nobleman because of this, and he seems almost sickly and in sight just due to all the tiefling inbreeding he has like a pale skin almost translucent reminiscent of like an axolotl and he seems to be berating a sort of manservant that he has which seems to be a half-elf like yourself but he is a half-elf like half-lizard and in addition to this servant who he occasionally slaps the side seeming to ask him to bring him things there appears to be another half-elf now this half-elf is a little bit different because he's a half-elf half-ox basically a minotaur. He's an enormous man with an enormous axe. And in addition to this, there's two soldiers with rifles that have joined this that are just standing watch at the moment. So how would you like to proceed? Those are very good details, and I would count almost all of them to uh, my uh, 
fellow mercenaries. Though I might not get that he's an axolotl, maybe like salamander. It's pretty fine for a nine on perception. <laughs> that was merely my description of it. <laughs> you may draw your own inferences. Okay, so. All right, and Chosh and I look at each other. Yeah, I, I, Chosh does a... There are three baddies. Three baddies. Three baddies. I thought it was five. Or maybe they're five baddies. It was only a nine. <laughs> I didn't perceive anything. What do I know? There are five hostages, right? There's anywhere between two and 20 soldiers in that room. Okay, a whole All bunch. Right. Well, it's like you must get from two to 20. So, Chosh holds up an armored hand uh, with all five fingers outstretched as if to signify the number five and look very confident in that and then sort of put his arm back down, seeming like he's made a, a pretty solid statement of the group. Appreciate it, Josh. Well, Drifter, you feel ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Josh? Thumbs up uh, right. is what Josh outstretches again in an armored hand. Let's go in. All right, Drifter kicks down the door. Uh, you kick down the door. Uh, right. There's an enormous racket as it bounces against its hinges. Everybody turns to face you. Everyone seems surprised. As you, do you do anything? I hold my gun up, and I say we can do this the easy way, or we can do this the easy way. Hmm. <laughs> uh, all right, so I take it that's an intimidation? Yes. All right, uh, sure. Can you just roll an intimidate check, please? 16. Okay, that's pretty significant. So the two soldiers are, you know, just standing by with their rifles. They look at e- they look at you. They look at each other. They look at their boss, and then they make a tactical move to uh, try to leave. Are you guys just going to let them go? Definitely. They basically throw down their rifles, and they make it. They just make a break for the door. Uh, well, I'm going to tip my hat to them as they walk out. Okay. The other ones, the other, the other members, the aristocrat sort of looking tiefling, then the two half elves are not as impressed. So uh, the aristocrat is going to say, "Who do you think you are, barging in here like you own the place?" He says, "Grell, Oxhorn, kill them." He walks over to the hostages as if he's about to try to find one. That's what he's going to do with his turn for now. Why don't you guys all roll for initiative? Okay, Lola, can you tell me yours? That's eighteen. <laughs> Drifter. That's a one. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off strong. All right. Great. Josh, could you uh, give me yours? Yeah, it's 14. Great. Well, Lola, you get to move first. Okay. So I'm going to stride on over to the hostages. As you approach the hostages, uh, the aristocrat grabs a woman uh, hostage and he takes out a pistol as if to say, like, come any closer, and she gets it. But before he can do this, she punches him in the stomach, and he keels over in pain. And then he kind of just kind of waddles over to another hostage, and he grabs a very small-looking child, because that's really about all he can handle. And he holds that child close, and he says, if, if you come any closer, then this little whatever you are is going to get it. Really? A, a child? That, that's great. Um, well. You can unhand the child and let go of the hostages and nothing will come to you. Nothing, no harm will come to you. And I'm going to persuade him. How does that sound, darling? And that's a 16. He seems a bit unsure of his footing at this moment. You see he, him noticeably, like, relax his grip on the child. But he doesn't, he, he points the gun away from the child and he points it at you. That's it. Come a bit closer, dearie. So it's actually going to be Chasha's turn for now. All right, Chosh is going to uh, bang his sword and shield together in the air, 
silently. Like, not the sword and shield make a sound, but he does not. And he is going to run right for that Minotaur-looking fellow, sword in hand, ready to strike him down. Okay, can you make an attack? I would love to make an attack. Wow. 20. Okay, roll for damage, two. please. <laughs> All right, 1d7. Okay. Plus two is nine. Okay. Uh, so you run up to him with your sword, taking it out of the sheath as you slice him in a deft motion. The cut goes across the Minotaur's chest, and he lets out an almighty bellow. Oh, God, that's so loud. <laughs> is that what he says? He yells out, <laughs> oh, God, that was so loud. <laughs> sorry, guys. I don't want to make a ruckus. <laughs> this is a church. This is a church. I'm so, I'm so sorry. This is very rude of me, very inconsiderate. Um, no, he, he makes out an almighty bellow uh, and clutches at his chest, and now he's going to attack you. All right, I don't know what that's called for. Uh, what is your armor class, Josh? My armor class is 18. Okay, that is not going to be enough. Wow. Um, he's going to take a good. swing. You got a 21. Sorry. Uh, he's going to take a swing with his enormous great axe, and it is going to deal you nine damage. Wow, he can do better than that. That's not very good. Can you make a strength check for me? I would love to make a strength check for you. That is 18. Okay. The blow is incredibly strong, but you're able to weather it. It pushes you back a few feet, but uh, you remain on your feet, luckily. Drifter's turn. What do you do? All right. Well, it seems like you guys got the other two handled, so I'll take a look at that lizard man, uh, and I'm just going to mark him and take a shot straight at him. going to be a 19. That's pretty good. All right. Roll for damage. 12. (laughs) Wow. All right. So you take out your revolver, you fire a shot directly into the chest of the Lizardman. Uh, he falls to the floor. Doesn't seem to be dead, but the shot is pretty powerful. And he says, Master Octavian, help! And he's, like, clutching at his chest at the at the wound. That'll put us back at uh, Lola's turn. What do you do? Drifter's first going to walk up to him and say, Sorry, I missed. So, Octavian, darling, that you, that is your name, Octavian? He nods, just to acknowledge you. Oh, good. Well, Octavian, I'm Lola. It's a pleasure to meet you. Just come a bit closer so we can have a proper duel. Is that like a persuasion check? It's not a persuasion. She's kind of encouraging him. Is he... How does he respond? Um, He's going to respond just by trying to shoot you. Okay. Well, um, so I'm going to kind of... I'm going to look to my pouch and suddenly say spiders and i'm going to cast summon of spiders as i uh swarm of sorry swarm of spiders summon swarm sorry summon swarm yeah summon swarm of spiders so i'm gonna summon the swarm they seem to crawl out of my jacket i suppose i don't know where they come from but they come from well yeah so they seem to just kind of come from my fingertips and so copper carpet of spiders swarm towards this man octavian as you do so i want you to roll an attack of the spiders that's a 20 not 20 jesus look at those spiders i remember when this was supposed to be like a long encounter but (laughs) i guess we've decided to not make it that all right so octavian is going to try to attack the spiders as it as they come towards him um, and while he fires a couple of rounds into their midst, it is kind of just a mass of spiders. You can't really just shoot that. And so they're quickly on him. Could you roll a d6, please? That's and, a five. All right. Double that for the critical. 
and so that is 10. So the spiders are crawling up his legs, getting closer and closer to his chest and his arms, and they're biting him all over, and he's screaming in pain as this man is just consumed by spiders. I'm not going to do the obvious joke of no, not the spiders, but you get the point. Um, Holy shit. What think, a waste. I think you just did. I kind of did. Yeah, by not acknowledging the fact I still did. Actually, he has to roll to save against that. He does. So he's still there, but he actually, uh, in in the fury of the spiders, actually, as they came towards him, he throws the boy, trying to, you know, get rid of him, have um, have them attack the boy instead of him, but the spiders just ignore him. So the boy is actually safe right now. I'm glad um, the spiders have a moral compass. I really appreciate that about them. That's the one thing people don't know about spiders is, you know, they're, they're actually really good guys, wow. you know. I think it's more like an Ant-Man when they kind of obey. The, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's got, she got one of those. Tapped into a one network. Spider, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just seem to appear. But um, do I have time? Do I have an action to speak? Sure, you could say something. Okay, so I'm going to. So, so Octavian is like writhing and. Yeah, and he's basically a writhing mass. He's basically mm-hmm. fallen onto the ground, trying to roll, stop, drop, do anything that could possibly save him from literally being eaten to death by spiders. So I'm going to like bend down to the boy who's on the ground and say, sweetie, this would be a good time to run. She's, uh, <laughs> she is going to take that advice. Oh, it's a she? Yeah, I never specified. Oh. <laughs> um, she's going to take that advice as she is fairly terrified of you and she is going to bolt right out the door. Bye. Take care. She does not look back. <laughs> so rude. All right. How fair is the tiefling? He is currently alive but definitely not in a you know i wouldn't on a scale of like one to ten i would i would probably not want to be that guy that's a great scale i, I know think. it's very useful uh chosh could you go please yeah absolutely so i'm still face to face with this minotaur correct you are yes yeah all right awesome so what uh chosh is gonna do is he's gonna uh hold up his sword in sort of this uh i've got the power kind of a stance and it's gonna like lightning charges will seem to like form around it uh, he's still silent throughout all of this, very stoic, very, very uh, unspeaking. Um, and he is going to, uh, with he's gonna he's gonna bring it right down on that Minotaur using a little old ability called Divine Smite. Uh, could you roll, please? I would love to roll. It's an eighteen plus <laughs> two plus four, so that is wow. Yeah, twenty-four. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, could you roll for damage, please? Okay, this is gonna, that's six, plus another D8 is five, that's 11, plus another D8, that's four. So... 15. That's 15. And I'm not even sweating. So you take your sword, you channel the divinity of your god, and you drive it straight through the chest of the Minotaur, who, in response, fairly enough, uh, decides to hit you. I don't know if that's fair... <laughs> this is a church. You should be respectful. All right. Uh, he's going to hit you. Wow. Could you just roll a strength check for me, please? I would love to roll that strength check for you. One. All right. <laughs> is that good? Is that? It's good. Um, so here's what happens. Your sword uh, is lodged inside of the Minotaur, causing him an immeasurable pain. But in response to this, he wallops you with his axe, and it sends you flying as you slam against the wall, taking damage both from the great axe and from hitting the wall, and you fall to a crumpled heap on the ground, and you take a total of seven damage. Seven damage? He can do better than that. He could do better than that. It's an off day. 
you know, it's you, you he's got a in. sword wedged in his chest. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's Mondays. doing his best. I, I, it's best isn't good enough, you know. Um. All right, uh, that'll put us in drifter. All right. Well, I'm gonna stand over the lizard man, and say, "Do you really want to do this, son?" Uh, he puts his hands up as if to surrender. I say, "Good choice," and I walk away towards uh, Lola and the tiefling that's currently engulfed in spiders. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to say, I'm, I'm glad she's on our side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Other than that, I'm just going to stare at the fact that there's a man, a tiefling covered in spiders. I mean, how often do you Aren't get to see terrific? that? Aren't they terrific? That's one word for it. <laughs> Tieflings are spiders. <laughs> What? <laughs> Which are terrific. Tieflings are spiders. I think oh the spider God, lady is talking about spiders. I would assume, but you know, you never know. Um, Tieflings can be good. I think both have their times. benefits. Yeah. But normally, I think I'm going to have to take the spider side in this you kind, of a, kind yeah. of a situation. No, You're having this conversation right now. <laughs> I, and Octavia just like, he's <laughs> like, please, please, just, I would vote that the spiders are terrible. <laughs> please, I surrender. How, please. how about the other four hostages? Um, they're just there. They're just tied up. All right, I would just go to untie them. Sure. Um, Lola, what do you want to do? Uh, basically, Octavian is pleading for you to stop. I'm going to lean down, you know, bend down just as I was bending down to the child. And uh, as he's convulsing in this, uh, I mean, he's just engulfed in spiders, as Drifter po- poetically put it. Um, I'm just going to say, oh, Octavian, don't you like my spiders? Don't you like them, dearest? Are you a good guy? <laughs> what, what's the situation here? What, is, uh, what does he say? I think Josh and I are, are regretting our decisions. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's the real villain? Yeah. <laughs> we went she there. Is a spider lady. We went there very quickly. <laughs> I, did, I did not know we were playing villains. Um, all right. <laughs> he, he's, he is pleading for mercy. Oh, okay. I'll give you mercy, my love. And uh, I'm going to uh, just bludgeon him. Just knock him out with my quarterstaff. Do you call off the spiders? Oh, yeah. I'll just... Okay. Well, the spiders get off of him, but you can roll to hit him. Yeah. You can have advantage since he is prone. All right, roll again. That's a four. <laughs> Do I miss him? I would say you... Uh... I'd say you miss him, actually. Uh, you bring down the quarterstaff just, like, right by his head. Maybe he thinks you're trying to intimidate him. It's like, please, I surrender already. Jeez, come on. And it comes down with a thud. And I say, oh, shucks. This is heavier than I thought. <laughs> what? <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> also, we're just assuming that Josh has got this minotaur. Like, we're not going to help with you at all. You don't need to help. I've got this. Totally. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've basically handled your thing. Meanwhile, your friend is, is being beaten against the wall. <laughs> but, yeah, you're fine. Uh, so, Josh, how would, you, uh, how would you like to proceed? You're on the ground in a crumpled heap. You don't I, have a sword. Right. Just I would, have a shield. Yes. So, uh, Josh would like to uh, get up pretty quickly. And I'd say run right at that minotaur with the shield uh, ready to smack him with it all right it gets the job done all right could you roll to attack please yeah and and i just like to say chosh pulls this off in a very cool way he he leaps in the air to the to like to the right mm-hmm. with the shield like like the pointy bit at the at the bottom i'm sure you can picture it. you've seen a shield yes and uh he tries to like stab the minotaur with it it's it won't go very deep but it makes a point you know anyway that roll is a 10 plus two because 
Uh, so you do that. You jump into the air trying to drive the sharp end of your uh, shield into, let's say, the eye of the Minotaur. Yeah. Um, however, he, you miss. And during this time, the Minotaur has been able to take another wind-up. Luckily for you, he also misses. But uh, both of you actually miss. You just kind of, you know, go just missing each other, not colliding in midair. Uh, and you land behind the Minotaur, and he's facing the other direction as well. So that leaves us with Drifter. What do you do? All right, I'm going to go to Octavian. Uh, and I'm going to intimidate him by saying, now, you might want to call off your man or more spiders. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to make you do a check for that. I think he's uh, <laughs> thoroughly intimidated. Can I wink? Sure. Wink. Shosh is also winking. You, no one knows, but <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> yeah, he Octavian says, all right, all right, I call off my man, but let me leave in peace. All right, fair enough. Um, Am I still right next to him? You are, yes. Can I stroke his hair and say, oh, what a good boy. Are, are you sure you're like a good good person? Or? Yeah, I am. Okay. I'm a I good person. Take your word for it. I mean, he was being I'm kind of a, a bad boy. He was being a bad boy. He was a bad boy. He was a bad boy. You know, he's learned his lesson. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is not, <laughs> not at all I pictured your character. <laughs> all right. Well, um, so he's gonna he's gonna get up, kind of repulsed from you. So he goes over to pick up the lizard men who you downed earlier. Um, and he picks him up and he whispers something into his ear, and they start making for the door. You see the lizard man reach into uh, reach into his bag, and he throws something behind him. Kind of looks like a club, and it just skits into the middle of the room, and then those two make a break for it, and that puts us at. Josh's turn. Does it? Okay. Uh, this object has flown basically directly under the Minotaur. Can I roll a quick perception check to see if I know what the heck this thing is? Go right ahead. All right. That's a flat seven. You do not. <laughs> okay. It looks like a club. Wow. All right. Well, that's not very threatening. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to jump right on that Minotaur's back to try and get my sword out of it because it's very special to me. All right, can you just roll an acrobatics check, please? I would love to roll an acrobatics check. That is, I think that's actually a skill I took proficiency in. Uh, You're being very passive-aggressive with me. Like, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's, not, that's not how I mean to, for it to come off. That is a seven with my proficiency. I am proficient in acrobatics. You're not really able to climb up onto the Minotaur's back, unfortunately. Oh. He just kind of turns, you know, and just beats you away. Uh, Drifter, what do you do? I'll do another perception check. Uh, that's going to be 13. Uh, you actually get advantage on this. Could you roll again? You should know what it is. Nat's one. All right. It is a grenade. All right. I'm going to dive on the hostages. All right. Do you want to do anything, Lola, with your... Oh, I'm going to yell, get down. I would imagine. All right. I, I will also run to the um, hostages and cover them with Drifter. Uh, okay. Does the Minotaur get down? Because if the Minotaur <laughs> does, then I, I imagine I would also get down. What, what happens with you two is uh, when he shouts, get down, the Minotaur comically looks down, as do you. <laughs> you both look up into each other's eyes. The explosive device goes off, sending wooden boards and stonework flying through the air like bullets. The rose windows, once so beautiful, shatter and twinkle to the ground like starlight.
playful music rings throughout the air. Barely masking the din of merrymakers in the town square, jugglers, street performers, musicians, and vendors stride about the streets seeking an audience for their wares. Our three adventurers are partaking in these festivities. They're celebrating their great victory. A waiter comes by, carrying a tray of bubbling liquids, and hands three glasses to all of you as he makes the rounds amongst the crowd. Every few minutes, one of your fellow mercenary soldiers slaps you on the back to great cheers of victory as you enjoy the warm afternoon. So, you all manage to survive. It's the evening of the next day, and you're celebrating a great victory in town. I want you to pick somebody to have a scene with right now inside of the Nightingale Watch, or just a random NPC if you have that in mind, if you're something you wanted to do. You could have a conversation with Siegfried, who is your leader. He's a sort of handsome, kind of blonde-haired youth. His hair is almost white, so that's how blonde it is. He's a handsome fellow. He's the leader of your company, a very charismatic guy. You have Robin, who is a rough yet reliable uh, dwarf ranger. And there is Hildy, who is a naive halfling cleric who, you know, is kind of uh, lost in this world. She's not really suited for this kind of life. And the final member is the kind of crass and pig-headed, but, you know, somewhat lovable Brock Bronston the half-orc bard. So right now I want you guys to pick a guy you want to have a scene with quickly. You can pick the setting and you can pick the topic of what you want to talk about. Who would like to go first? I will go. All right. So I think that the natural person for Chosh to have a scene with is Siegfried, his arch nemesis. So I think that the best place for Chosh and Siegfried to uh, converse is in a uh, carnival game where it's like throw the ball, knock over the pins, get a, get a stuffed toy. I think Chosh approaches Siegfried as Siegfried is like just just making a fool of these games, mm-hmm. just destroying it, getting all kinds of toys, getting a, a, a stuffed dragon. Not a real one. It's it's a toy, uh, not dragon sized. Sure, sure. He's you know he's dressed in these nice fine clothes. You know you know puffy shoulders, fine doublet. You know it's like golden trimmed. Uh, his hair is elegantly curled much like a lot of the merrymakers here are dressed in this similar fashion. Some even wear masks, you know, just, you know, for fun. Confetti is shot out occasionally. Uh, how were you dressed at this particular occasion, Josh? Josh is in his casual armor, which is uh, not not very armor practical. It's uh, very uh, pretty. There's lots of little, uh, like, flourishes to it. There's, there's, uh, and I don't want you to know that the hypocrisy of casual armor is not lost on me. There's a lot of like golden trim. It's uh, it's, it, it it should really never be seen in battle because like the second you scuff it up, I mean the whole the whole resale value is ruined. It's mostly uh, red and gold, the colors of Chosh's sect of uh the reli- of his religion of his faith, and uh, it's it's very pretty and covers his whole body, every every last patch of skin. As you approach, Siegfried says to you. Oh, good evening, Chosh. It's so good to see you. Just the man I wanted to see. Good work down at the cathedral, my friend. It's always great to see you. Come, here, have a round on me. He takes out a large sum of cash. He just takes out a couple bills, and he places it down. On me, of course. You know, I, what would I be but a lovable boss as such? Please, come on, try, try against me. So Chosh is going to slide the money back towards Siegfried on the counter, and uh, sort of in a, a kind of like, tilt his head to the side to make sure that he's not actually looking at Siegfried as he says it. Uh, and he's just going to kind of mutter, these games are rigged anyway. I mean, it's not like it's any skill involved. 
<laughs> oh, a big talk coming from a big man. I'm sure you'd wipe the floor with me. Come on, just a little friendly competition. So Chosh is going to uh, pull for some of his own money. Uh, not that he has much, uh, but you know he can't he can't be upstaged by Siegfried here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's going to pull out uh, his own money, which is like mostly like scattered coins and he's gonna like count it up in front of the the guy running the stall and be like well, uh, yeah the guy's like hey come on buddy <laughs> like, I don't got all day come on come on like, it's this 120 or is it it's one it is one how is it this hard just pay me in a bill just take the guy's bill can I give you 105 I don't have the I don't the, how the, do you have 105 <laughs> but not one it doesn't even make the, any the, sense the, the coins don't add up because they're all in, it's quarters and dimes it's quarters and dimes so I can't I, it's one of, do you have change for the 105 you want me to give you change for a game where you knock over pins with a ball you can keep the change oh, okay thank you he takes it um, he, he plops three balls in front of you and he also plops three balls in front of Siegfried he says alright you know the rules he says in a kind of, I've done this too many times, dear God, please, someone end my suffering voice. Um, you know, three balls, hit down three sets of pins, you get a prize. <sighs> and then he goes, sits down. So uh, why don't you just roll? Yeah. To uh, just roll a attack roll, basically, three times. All right, that's a 17. Okay, roll two more times. That's a nine. And that is an eight. So you only hit one of the, the pins, one of the groups of pins, and they, you knock those over. Uh, the other two are just, you know, a little too high, a little too low. And he says, woo-hoo, congratulations. You've won our consolation prize. And he gives you a tiny toy squirt gun. Um, it, is, it is pathetic, and it will break in the next day. <laughs> uh, Siegfried uh, sees this, and he, he tries um, and he's going to succeed on all three shots. They're perfect. Wow. Every single one of them. And once he has done so, uh, he says, congratulations. You've won again. Here's your prize. And he gives him another stuffed dragon. Um, Siegfried takes this and he says, oh, here, Chosh, here. You, you have this. I already have one. All yours, friend. So Chosh is going to uh, look around. You did such a good job. Consider it a bonus for the last assignment. <laughs> Come on, enjoy some fun. Who knows how long until our next job? Yeah, so uh, Chash is going to look around and see if Hildy is is nearby. Sure, she's walking nearby. Okay. Uh, she's always not particular. She's always kind of like a shadow of a uh, Siegfried. Right. So she's never too far. Is she watching? Is she so? For instance. Oh yeah, she saw the whole thing. She saw the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Chosh is going to take the stuffed dragon mm-hmm. from Siegfried. Like not even like say thank you, nothing, not even like a wave goodbye, not even look at him, no acknowledgement, walk it over to Hildy and uh, just sort of say, hey, uh, you know, I let I let Siegfried win, but, you know, he didn't really want the dragon, so I figured I'd give it to someone who I thought might appreciate it. She says to you, oh, Thank you, Chosh. I know. I know. Siegfried gave this to you as a gift, and if it came from, and she's kind of like twiddling her thumbs. Um, and I know she keeps glancing at Siegfried all throughout this conversation. And and I know if if it came from him, it's it's almost like it came directly from him to me. So appreciate. I really appreciate you doing that for me, Chosh. Thank you so much. The the whole time she's saying that, I'm actively trying to get in front of her head, 
like as she's like looking around me to yeah, look she at keeps, Siegfried. She keeps yeah, turning. I'm like constantly shifting the whole statement, kind of like moving my body to block Siegfried, who I imagine is just like standing with a ray of sunlight beaming on his hair or something. I mean, I I imagine he's a spectacle to behold. I wouldn't know. I'm not seeing it. All right, I think that's the scene for you. Yeah, I think that's the scene. All right, uh, which one of you two would like to go next? Uh, sure, Drifter will. Uh, <laughs> and he's also going to have his scene with Siegfried. Okay, if that's... popular man. Yeah, sure. I mean, he is the boss. Yeah, he is the boss. Where's the scene at? Uh, the scene is at the bar or wherever we're celebrating. Sure. Uh, and Drifter is going to be hanging out, waiting for Siegfried to come to him, of mm-hmm. course. He's mm-hmm. not going to seek him out on his own volition. Uh, but Siegfried's going to walk over, and they're going to talk about uh, the debt that uh, that Drifter owes Siegfried and how they're making progress on that debt through this job. Sorry, I just don't remember exactly. Is this a material debt, or is it a, uh, yes. is it like a debt so, of honor kind of a deal? Well, so Drifter's working uh, a couple jobs for him because he was caught stealing from, from Siegfried. Okay. So Siegfried just kind of has him, yeah. So he, so he's, you know, this is his first job mm-hmm. done out of three that he ne- is ne- is required to do. Sure, uh, you sit at the bar. Um, you and you you beckon Siegfried over. You're probably already about two drinks down. Uh, what are you drinking? Out of curiosity, bourbon. Okay, uh, Siegfried comes over and he gestures at the bartender. He doesn't get a doesn't get bourbon. He gets a fine wine. Um, he says, "Well, well, well. If it isn't the all mysterious drifter." Well, how was your first assignment? Uh, went well, boss. What, what else can I say? Uh, you know, I got two more left until we're, we're done. Uh, so, you know, just let me know when we can get this over with. I'm not that bad of a boss, am I? <laughs> Come now. Here. I even have a special surprise for you. He reaches into his, uh, into his coat and he produces a letter. He said, here. This, uh, this came from home, actually. It seems to be addressed from your son. My son? Yeah. How does he know where I am? Oh, well, when we were in town, I uh, told him how to forward their mail to me. I thought you'd want to stay in touch with your family, it was all. Uh, was I, I'm sorry, was I mistaken? If, if thanks, you want. Th- thanks, Siegfried. I'll, I'll, I'll hold on to that. And, sure, and sure. Drifter grabs it, puts it, does not open it, puts it in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Says, well, uh, <laughs> he seems somewhat disconcerted at that, but... He, 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 pre- he goes on, and he says, well, uh, you're doing a fine job. Uh, yeah, I think that two more jobs would be just all you need, and we'll consider the debt squared. Now let me ask you... Of course, you could always continue to work for me afterwards. <laughs> In the meantime, wh- where'd you get that spider lady? She's giving me bad vibes. Oh, Lola? She, she's, this, well, she's just the sweetest peach, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I saw her uh, oh, send well, a arm, swarm of spiders that almost ate a man alive. Oh, <laughs> yes, I suppose that is something that she has done. Uh, well, you see, we have a long past. I don't want to bore you with the details, but, but she's a kind-hearted folk, and she saved me in a time of great need. All right, well, I'm going to keep an eye on her. I mean, I keep as many eyes as you like, friend. <laughs> All right. All right. Do you have anything else you want to talk no, about? No, that's right. the scene. All right, that's the scene. All right, that puts us at Lola. Who would you like to have a scene with? Oh, I'd like to have, have, spend some time with Robin. Okay. Yeah, so I uh, can imagine us out 
uh, in the middle of a fair. There's um, uh, a performance going on of sorts out in a, an open air uh, on a stage. I imagine like an axe juggler, something that is very... Yeah. So there's a, there seems to be a woman performing. She's wearing a like a white painted wooden mask, kind of like a kabuki mask you know, sort of thing. Um, and she's kind of doing like a performance of like poi on the on the stage but instead of poise there are like sharp blades and uh this is getting very appreciated from the crowd um and robin is you know sitting next to you she's you know uh pretty decently shorter than you being a dwarf um and meanwhile in the performance she's you know twisting one of her fingers through one of the braids of her beard and she looks over and says <laughs> hey you uh, you actually entertained by this kind of a thing i mean oh dear it's lovely it's so so graceful. Hey, Just, I mean, hey, I mean, uh, to everybody their own cup of tea, but you know, buddy. Do you want a cup of tea? I, I can get, I can, and so I uh, procure a, a small teapot from my my bag, my Mary Poppins sort of carpet bag, and uh, I pour. I, I'd love a spot of tea right now. That'd be perfect. Uh. And I, I pass her a cup of of, of uh, steaming leaves and. Uh, thank, thanks, Lola. Uh. It's always always nice, but uh, <laughs> she takes a sip. Says, "Oh wow, that's uh, that's actually really good." I know. Uh, what is that, jasmine? Yeah, wow. yeah, it's delicious. It's really good. Elderflower. Um, yeah. yeah, it's good blend. Mm-hmm. You should, you should give me some more later. Thank, th- thank you. You're um, welcome. So, how have you been doing, Robin? I, yeah, uh, you know, I've been all right. You know how it is with me and uh, <laughs> well, you know how it is with me and Hildy. She never, she never notices when I'm trying to talk to her. But hey. <laughs> I'm not going to give up anytime soon. Oh, as you shouldn't, dear. You're perfect. You're just so strong and so brave. How were you while we were on our mission? What were you up to? Well, you know, uh, we we had to uh, we had to bombard the town so you guys could get in. So mm-hmm. mainly dealing with that. You know, I also make sure Hildy's taken care of. You know, I'm standing guard. I know it's not my job, but. You know, gotta gotta watch over. She gets into so much trouble. You know how she is. You leave her alone for a second, and you know suddenly she's surrounded by, you know, she's the next hostage. It's, it happens like every week. Otherwise, <laughs> well, so. I can understand. Um, of course, of course, you'd want to protect her. She's very dear to you. Uh. Yeah, I I, so I suppose she is. Um, she kind of seems a little bashful at this and she doesn't really completely feel comfortable about it. Um, so she tries to distract herself by, uh, by paying attention to the show. She's like, oh my god, this is terrible. Um, she starts booing the, uh, the performer. She, like, takes, reaches into her bag, takes out a bit of, uh, dwarven bread, which is basically rocks, um, and starts throwing it at the performer. Robin! Dear! Stop that! Oh, come on! It's an ancient dwarven tradition! Don't worry about it! And she throws a couple more, um, the performer actually uh, definitely dodges all of these. Um, and the crowd honestly just cheers more. And I applaud, too, just very softly, very daintily. Um, she crosses her arms and sits back in her chair, and she says, eh, everybody's a critic. Okay, well, then I think that is the scene. So, you've all had your little time and festivities. Um, you know, about this, you see some very, you know, there's a bunch of strange things going on throughout this. Could you all just make a perception check really fast for me? 17. Uh, 12. That's a 13. Okay. Josh, you're the only one who really notices a couple people that are kind of acting strange. You see that same uh, performer. I guess you didn't see them, but that same performer 
you see her conversing and kind of like darting around with two other people, one of which seems to be a half gorilla, half elf. Um, he seems to be like a burly type. He's wearing kind of like a very fine uh, suit, so it's very out of place. Um, and there's also conversing with what appears to be a man wearing like a uh, skeleton mask. Um, and he's also dressed very dapper. Uh, he has like a walking cane with like a skull on it and um, a top hat kind of a deal. And they see you looking at them and then they split up. And just as you're about to investigate the matter, Siegfried comes over to you. Come, come on, you're going to be late to the uh, the picture. Come on. Um, and you're all go- uh, gathering together. You, so Chosh, Drifter, Lola, Robin, Siegfried, Brock, and Hildy are all getting a, a picture taken to commemorate your great victory here. And so everybody is uh, kind of striking a pose for this occasion. Brock has his hammer slung over his shoulder, you know, looking kind of distant and machismo kind of a deal. Robin is, uh, you know, down in front. Uh, she's flexing both of her arms, uh, impressed at her own biceps. Hildy is basically, she's so short that even though she's in the front, it's still hard to see her. Uh, she barely makes it into the picture at all. She's kind of jumping up with, with her hands to make sure that she's there. Uh, is, is Hildy a human? Hildy's a halfling. Hildy's a half. Okay. Yeah, right. she's very tiny. Um, you know, she barely makes it. Only, like, her head and arms make it into the picture. Siegfried, uh, in the picture, he wraps his arm around you as if you're good buddies. Because he, to you, to him, you are a good buddy. You're his uh, closest friend. You've been with him for a while. You're the only other human that he's ever known, personally. So he feels a great connection to you. How do you, how do you pose in this particular picture? Chasha is going to do his best to pose as if no one is touching him. Uh, he's going to be doing that. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it before. It's like knight with their elbows stretched out and a sword in the ground. Do you, can you can you envision yes. the sword? Yeah. So he's doing that, like, but Siegfried's on his side. So he's kind of like awkwardly like maneuvering his elbow like in front of Siegfried, trying to pull off this pose that he clearly thinks is very cool. Yeah, he's trying to look like a chess piece, basically. Exactly. <laughs> All yeah. right. So, uh, Drifter, how are you posing in this picture? Off to the left side, just standing. Okay. Kind of, you know, looking uh, aloof and far mm, off. Pretty much. All right. Lola, how do you look in this picture? Oh, I look positively charming, darling. I, uh, I've i cast prestidigitation on myself to kind of touch up some of the wrinkles around the, the crow's feet, you know, laugh lines. I do smile quite often. And uh, I imagine I have a decorative fan I've picked up just from the fair, and I'm just lightly holding it to myself and smiling serenely. Kind of away, like slightly above where the camera is, just kind of looking off to the side. All right. Uh, The camera says, all right, one, two, three, cheese. Takes the picture, and it's a big puff of, like, alchemical smoke as as he does so, and it takes, like, takes a decent while to develop, and you have this, you know, picture commemorating the occasion of you all together. Will it be in black and white or color? It is in black and white. Okay. Technology's not there yet. So after this, Siegfried comes over to you, and he says, well, he's basically next to you, and he turns to you and he says, um, Josh, I have a, I, I have big news. Look at this. And he holds out a letter. And you can see it's from the capital of the holy city. He says, we have a direct invitation from the angel of righteousness to attend a formal ball. This is a big deal. We're moving up in the world. I mean, we've ar- I know we're on the God's Quest already, and we've already, we've already done one trial, but th- this is a big deal. This is, this is real recognition for us. Us humans are moving up. Come on. 
You have to be happy about that. So Chosh isn't going to make any sound. He's just going to put his armored glove out expectantly for the letter. And he's going to, is, is it, is it like an unwrapped note or is it like, it was in like a formal envelope. It had like an official seal and everything on it. You know, it's very well made. Okay. Yeah. So I think Chosh will just kind of like savor that he's getting to hold something so special in his hand. And, and he, unless Siegfried interrupts him, he's just going to like read it over a million times. Uh, he doesn't. He says, he looks like he, you're going to hand it back to him. He's like, you can hang on to it. Just just keep it safe. I know you will. Don't worry about it. Um, I, I have to go look and I have to find a, I have to find a boat. We'll have to, we'll have to go, we'll have to set out for the capital immediately. We can't miss this. This is a big deal for us. And he goes off to go to find a, a way to get you guys to the capital. After Siegfried leaves, Chosh will absentmindedly say perhaps the first not antagonistic thing he ever says to Siegfried, which is, yeah, we should get on that. Uh, and just kind of like look over the note more and more like enraptured by this opportunity. Mm-hmm. All right. For the rest of you. Drifter, you're just mellowing. You know, with, you're just mellowing out, chilling out with the rest of the gang, relaxing, maxing, all cool. Um, with Lola, you guys are just, we'll say, continuing your day drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, when a child, a little girl, who you recognize from before, who you saved, uh, runs up to you, Lola. And she starts tugging on your, uh, tugging on your, I don't know what you wear, I guess a dress, I assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was... Like, okay. Yeah, I guess, it, um, can I describe my outfit? Sure. I looked up 1910s fashion. Okay. Um, I, I think I've got a um, kind of long coat and uh, a skirt with a bit of a busset in the back to cover up my uh, spidery parts, but they're still there. Okay. And it's, uh, and I've got a lovely hat on too with like roses on the top. It's a big broadband. Anyway, <laughs> well, she's, that's fine. Uh, so she's tugging at your uh, she's tugging at your dress, um, and like beckoning you to follow her, but she doesn't say anything. Yes, dearie. She she's she starts running around the corner. Um, well, Drift, I'll be right back. Do you want to come dear. with her? No. Okay. Um, you you go around the corner. Inside the corner, you see a strange sort of thing. It looks kind of like a bunny, but it's not. There seems to be some sort of almost like fungus growing on it, a black and red sort of corruption that has begun to fester on top of this rabbit. Um, and it, it's almost, it's kind of viscously moving about it. And as it moves off of some of the rabbit's skin, you can see that where it has been touched, it has been burned. And it's sort of fusing to like the rabbit's flesh. And, and when it sees you, it starts biting and snarling at you as if it was under some sort of compulsion to attack you. What do you do? Oh, goodness. Is this your pet rabbit, dear? Well, the, ki- the child is, like, gesturing at it, like, scared. Oh, it is frightening, isn't it? And she's just clinging to you. She's clinging to one of your spider legs. Hmm. Well, I'm going to see whether I've uh, seen of this kind of ailment before. So that's, uh, should it, would you say arcana or yes, nature? arcana okay. in this track. So that's a 12 on arcana. It's not bad. You get the feeling you know something about this. You feel like you've read it somewhere, but you can't quite place it. You feel that if you had time to study it, and perhaps even to go to a library, you might be able to discover a bit more. But at this moment, you don't know. Hmm. And the rabbit is in a cage, or it's just on a chain? It, it, it's, it's just actually just loose right now. Oh. Um, and uh, the child is like, please, please, 
I'm sorry, I do very bad little girl voices. Um, I want your best little girl voice that you can pull off. Please, Mom. Kill it like you did the others. Please. Oh, sweetie. And I'm going to pat her on the head. How about you just run off with, you know, that elder, you know, kind of older gentleman I was with? How about you just play with him for a moment? Don't want you to get bitten. Mm-hmm. I'll and take I, care of things, dear. She doesn't need any encouragement, because at that moment, the rabbit jumps at you. Um, could you roll uh, just a dexterity save? Eight. Um, so the rabbit tries to bite you, but it misses. But it does collide with your flesh. Um, and kind of like that strange substance kind of gets onto your shoulder, and you see it start to dissolve some of your uh, very beautiful dress. I'm going to take off. The, is it? It's just I'm like going to take the off shoulder. the coat. I'm going to okay. take off the coat immediately. All right, you do so. I fling it. You see the, the coat is kind of erupting in this corruption, which is almost like a black and red flame as it singes and burns away your uh, your outer petticoat. Um, and the rabbit prepares to attack again. Okay. What, what would you like to do? I'm going to... Um, I'm going to... As it's about to leap at me, I'm going to plunge my dagger into its face. Sure. Roll. Area. Is that... 17. That's good. All right. Roll for damage, please. It's a 1d4. Yep. Five altogether. Wow. All Whoa. right. That's pretty strong. Um, You stab it right in the heart. It is a rabbit. doesn't have a lot of health. Uh, it dies basically immediately. Um, and as it does so, uh, and as the the poor bunny falls to the ground, the kind of corruption kind of starts to dissipate as its host has died. Mm. Um, and it's, as it's going, you can see it's left this burn all, all throughout the, uh, all about the rabbit, mm. you know. And on my dagger or in my coat? You, you seem fine aside from that. Nothing's remained. Uh, on the the petticoat has been completely incinerated. Oh, sorry. I liked that. I know, it's unfortunate. We can that pick you up a new plate. one. Oh, it's not um, the same, but thank you. All right. So, just going to uh, so there's nothing for me. Can, I'm going to take the carcass of the rabbit. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to take that. Sure. And pop it in my Mary Poppins bag. Sounds sounds like a thing normal regular people would do. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about any choices you've made throughout this session. Yeah, just put a dead, deceased, <laughs> deceased. It's for study, rabbit. obviously. Or taxidermy. I have no idea what the, yeah, the but end goal of that is. the same bag that the tea is in. Like, what's happening in <laughs> so here? I, I like that you were so concerned about it being on the dagger, and then you just pick up the corpse. <laughs> yeah, <and you're> like, <laughs> well, the dagger's fine. I mean, all I did was burn one coat, so. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, Siegfried comes back to you all. Uh, he gathers you up, and he says, Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, oh, no, please I go ahead. shouldn't have interrupted you. It's fine. Um, but is it okay... I feel stupid, but can I wrap? Can I uh, retroactively wrap the rabbit in my burned-up petticoat? <laughs> There's nothing that remains of the petticoat. There's nothing. Okay, no. never you mind. You could say that you picked up some, uh, just maybe some paper from a butcher or something to that effect. Where's you, the butcher? I mean, you, it's a town. You have a Mary Poppins bag. You I gotta know. have some handkerchief. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, I'll assume you've wrapped it up to, you know, make sure it doesn't touch anything else. Okay, um, I don't want to feel... No, it's fine. <laughs> now I'm worried about the tea. No, it's okay. I'm I, worried about the tea. We're all worried the about tea. the tea. It's jasmine with elderberry. El- elderflower. Oh, I'm so sorry. Jeez. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I'll quit now, guys. It's okay. Ridiculous. I'm sorry. Um, all right, here's the deal. Siegfried comes back and he says, Good news. I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Siegfried comes back to you all and he says, Well, good news, everyone. I found us a ship. 
Here, meet the captain. This is Captain Fondant of the SS Malamar. It's going to be an excellent journey. It'll only take a day or two. You all ready to set out? And you see uh, Captain Fondant, and he is a plump sort of man uh, with mutton chops. And he says, we're off for an excellent journey, that's right. Me and my men are the topmost crew in all the country. And he does a little uh, three-step. He does like a one, two, three, does a little turn, um, does a little bow for you, tips his hat in the meantime. He's like a very dandy boy sailor, very classic. Um, you know, and he gestures to, you know, a steamboat that is labeled uh, the SS Malamar. He says, we'll set off immediately. And that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Sweet. Aye, aye, Captain. All right. I think you're the only, out of our three characters, I think the only character excited about this captain's personality. As a human, I'm excited about this captain's personality, but as a... As Chosh. As Chosh, I hate this guy. <laughs> Drifter hates everyone. <laughs> no oh, friend he seems kindly. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the fe- will fare well on the voyage. Chosh would... The safe hands of Captain Malamar. It's Captain oh, Fondant. Nope. Captain Fondant. On the ship, on the SS <laughs> Captain Fondant. Uh, all right. The pudgy hands of Armored Captain Fondant. Armored thumbs down, I think, for Aww. this captain, unfortunately. I, I give a strong thumbs up. Yeah, not, no armor on that thumb, though. Really, I give it two it. thumbs up. Okay. So that's saw, like equivalent. I saw this place in Dupont Circle called Moby Dick, and it was a kebab place, which I thought was actually really clever. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, it really is. Oh, that is... But only if it's, it's actually fish. served on a, on or a skewer. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, it's a kebab. 